Gather round, one and all, and listen to tales of excitement and adventure. Tales of daring heroes, savage monsters, and bards who just couldn't keep it in their pants. Tales of friendship, nobility, drunken foolishness, and unforgettable fun. These are tales of role-playing games, fair listeners, and this is Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews and your RPG treasure trove. I'm Ryan Howard, your host and king of the Boneheads, and joining us this evening, uh, this is the second take at doing this, uh, so hopefully our guest's audio is working at this point. I hate Twitch sometimes, I really do, uh, but ladies and gentlemen... This is one of the, the best miniature painters that you can find on Instagram, uh, so give it up and put your hands together for Aaron, the Dark Elf Girl. Aaron, welcome to Rollin' Bones. Thank you. Hopefully they can hear me this time. Absolutely. Elfie, can we hear Aaron this time? Please? Say yes. Hello. Hi. Okay, I think that means yes. Awesome. All right, hey. sweet. Good job. Good job fixing it. Amy anyway. can hear it. <laughs> Amy can hear it. Elfie can hear it. We are good to go. All right. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. Aaron, thank you for bearing with us as we work through these audio issues. Although, as you yourself said, that seems to happen a lot. Yeah, I'm kind of the queen of audio issues. Honestly, I think I may have jinxed your stream. So, <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Worse things have happened. All right. So, uh... The way I like to kind of, you know, begin the show, I, I ask these questions to everyone just to, you know, get an idea of what people are, uh, you know, coming at this interview with. So this is going to be a two-pronged one here to begin. Erin, uh, how did you get into RPGs? And then also, how did you get into miniature painting? Um, I mean, if you want to go way back to how I got into RPGs, I would say because I was raised on Lord of the Rings. All right. So that's like the beginning of my fantasy stuff. And then um, my dad and I used to play Heroes Quest, you know, the board game um, mm -hmm. a lot. And that got me super into it. Um, and then my last job, I uh, had some coworkers who played D&D. &D and um, I also have like a side thing where I've always been into art and um, crafting and stuff. And I like to make miniatures like miniature towns and stuff. So mm -hmm. about the same time as I meet these people who invite me to play D&D, &D, I started making terrain for them. Um, and then one of them got me into like the miniature painting side. And then I sort of, that took over over the direct terrain. And yeah, this is history. Oh, and by the way, this is all only about two and a half, three years ago. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you and I have been at miniature painting about the same length of time then. Right on. Yeah. I, I wish I'd gotten into it earlier, but you know, whatever. It, mm it now so it's cool gotcha so of the games that you play uh what, what would you say is kind of your favorite rpg uh definitely dungeons and dragons that's actually like mm -hmm. 
really the only tabletop game I play anymore or mm. yet. I mean, I think post like when life goes back a little bit normal, I'd, I'd like to try more of the you know, Warhammer type games. Um, mm. But yeah, just D and D. Gotcha. And you guys are playing uh, like fifth edition. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, same here, oddly enough. I know that might disqualify me from having a show about RPGs, but 5th edition is the only edition of D&D I've ever played. Uh, so. I think it's kind of the best. I mean, I know I feel scared to say that. I don't want to offend anybody who plays old editions, but um, hmm. it's the updated edition, right? So it makes sense that we all play it. The, the way I like to put it is I taught my almost 60-year-old father how to play D&D, and it really took him only about 15 minutes to really pick up on, like, what was going on, and he had fun the rest of the night. So if that speaks to how good a game it is, I, I definitely think it does, so... I think it does, yeah. I honestly, like, one session, and I was like, where have you been all my life? And I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm now a lifer, no doubt about that. Gotcha. So, uh, not counting Hero Quest, since that's a lot of, like, kind of pre-generated characters, but going into the, the fifth edition game that you played, who was that first character you played? Uh, her name is Ayla Zavine. She is my dark elf uh, ranger, um, Beastmaster. So she has her wolf companion, and to this day, she's still my favorite, and I've played her in other campaigns, too. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You got kind of your, uh, your Dritzina, if you will? A little bit, yeah. Um, yes, definitely. She's kind of my avatar, I guess. Like, some people I know really like to go like and play completely different characters, and that's part of their escape. But for me, I very much play avatars myself. Like, a, that's it's me in a, in a fantasy better better setting, you know. So that's what she is. Yeah, I've got no room to throw stones because my first character is also kind of just become the embodiment of myself as well, or the embodiment of who I want to be. Yeah, it's who you want to be, and that's kind of a lot of it, right? It's escape. It's the it's the fantasy aspect of it. So, absolutely. Uh, so, kind of turning that last question or the the question before it around into the realm of miniature painting. When it comes to the miniatures that you paint, do you have like a favorite brand of miniatures uh, that you tend to find yourself painting a lot of, or that you really enjoy painting? Um, I think I have a, it's a kind of a two-part answer. Um, I started with Reaper, Reaper miniatures. Um, I originally was painting Bones minis, which I think are great for like beginner painters because they're really cheap and they have a million different ones. Um, but I've definitely graduated beyond them into their metal minis I, is what I prefer. I'm actually currently working on one right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as like my favorite sculpts and minis are, it's Artisan Guild. The three, they're all 3D prints. Um, they're, they're kind of how I like I feel like I leveled up as a painter when I started painting them. So, Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge Reaper fan here as well. I've got a crap ton of their metal stuff. All of my minis that are painted I keep over here to my left. Uh, I turn the camera, but sometimes the camera freezes when I move it. So we're going to keep that camera right where it is right now. Don't jinx anything. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely... Definitely feel you on, on Reaper and anyone who is looking to get into miniature painting. Um, definitely, that's a good place to begin. And uh, yes, the audio is now sorted. We're good to go. Uh, thank you guys for holding on here. 
Yes. Um, yeah, no, Reapers are perfect because especially if you're into like D and D kind of RPGs because they're designed for that. Like their whole line is based around you know characters that you would different classes and like NPCs and all that stuff. So they're they're just perfect. Hmm. Gotcha. Now you've talked a little bit about the kind of characters that you like to play. Um, if you had to describe your play style or what you kind of like to get out of playing RPGs. How would you describe that? Oh my. It's the escape. Honestly, it's getting to play somebody like a lot cooler in a much cooler world. That's my main thing. Um, uh, as far as like how my actual play style, I definitely am somebody who is like 60, 40 uh, combat to RPG, like role playing um, RP is not really my strong. I do get very much into character. I just don't act out the character very well, if that makes sense. Like I'm not an actor. But I can get my head in the right place. Um, I don't know. It's just the escape. It's it's the co-op of it, like the cooperative aspect of those kind of games, working together um, to have a goal and bonding, like in person, but then also having your characters bond is really cool. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, absolutely. And uh, th this question can be kind of difficult for some people because there's a lot of good memories associated with uh, gaming. But if you had to pick a fondest RPG memory, what would that be? Oh, man. I don't know. I, you know, I think I might go back to Heroes Quest just in playing that with my dad. It's really fond memories. Mm -hmm. um, I'm grateful that he got me into this kind of thing, you know? So I may not have ever, like... I think that really changed what how I view, like viewed all games. Like, forget Monopoly and Sorry. After you play that, you're like, I'm not going back to that dumb shit. So, <laughs> yeah, he was just really fun to play with. So, yeah, I, I will definitely speak to the reality of all other like board games being ruined after you play a tabletop game, a skirmish game, anything like that. Yeah, it's just so much better. It's just mm -hmm. so much. No offense to the other kinds of games. They're just like, they're just completely different. You know, they're just different. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I know that, you know, you, you sounds like you mostly play with friends and people, you know, so it might not be the case. But, you know, sometimes when we get to the table, we're playing with people who we just don't really mesh with and kind of the worst behaved people of that category. We, we have this term that guy. So, Aaron, do you have a that guy story? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So originally the group I played with, I played in, it was the same group of people, but we played in three different campaigns, uh, all homebrew, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the guys who was a DM, I his style of DMing really didn't mesh with me. But as a player to like in the other campaigns, he was fine. But as a, it was just weird to switch between DMs because he was such a like, rules lawyer like just <laughs> not fun and he would kind of just shut you down and argue but then in the next campaign with a different dm he'd be like doing all the loose loosey-goosey like rule of cool shit himself and i was like what so that was <laughs> um and then a recent campaign online so it was with people i had never met before so that mm -hmm. that's a, like i really didn't know how i would mesh with any of them there's a guy who just kind of dominated the whole the whole time it was it was his show you know like we were just players in his show, so that's my that's my that guy story. Yeah, that's always a weird situation. I I've not encountered it because mostly I find people who 
are very strict on the rules as GMs, also try to keep it within the rules as players. But yeah, I mean, someone to be a rules hypocrite Mm -hmm. in in that way, that's... I can imagine that being super annoying. It was was hard to work with, because it was like, yeah, it was just hard to deal with. And I was, you know, not a GM slash DM in any of the games, so it wasn't like, I'm just just the same in all of them, you know? Just trying to, like, stick with who... Oh, right, I'm under this set of rules now. That's right, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I have noticed there's there's kind of a, you know, you want to stick to the rules thing with first-time GMs. Do you know if it was his first time, like, running a game? No, uh-uh. I actually okay. was enough to be playing with a group of um, seasoned players. So, like, you know, to have three different people that have played for a really long time that are all DMs are, was really nice, but... I didn't dislike the guy. It was just a very hard adjustment to be making with somebody like on a regular basis. So, Gotcha. Yeah. So this is the last of these introductory questions. And I will warn you, this is one that uh, flummoxes a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, the answer can be as philosophical or as sophomoric as you want it to be. Uh, if you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Uh, currently, I just want um, a Baby Cthulhu t-shirt. <laughs> I think they I, make those. <laughs> I I want the right one. I'm actually, okay. like, designing, because I have a thing with painting Baby Cthulhu. He's kind of my, one of my things. So I want one of my Baby Cthulhu's I painted on a t-shirt, which I can, I can do. I just haven't done it yet, so. Hmm. I guess that is, like, the most random question or answer, but there you go. <laughs> Not actually the most random answer. I had uh, I had one of my very close friends come on and say that he would put a fully functioning koi pond on a t-shirt because I said anything, so. <laughs> uh, I, I'm having an interesting time trying to visualize this. Yeah. I like, I, I dig it. Pe- people have taken the rules of that question and, and broken the laws of physics multiple times, so. Oh, shit. I didn't know we could be that, like, I want, like, a portal or something on my t-shirt. Like, a portal to another cooler world. I could be that random. Yeah, screw baby Cthulhu. <laughs> and then uh, Turbidius and Amy and chat here are assuring everyone that you actually own all of the t-shirts, so... Yeah, uh, yeah I admittedly own over a hundred of them, so... Are you also a, a t-shirt collector? Yes. Oh, actually, I mean, that's the other thing I share on my Instagram. That's kind of it. Mm. It's t-shirts and minis. So I, I share word shirts. And yeah, that's kind of what I do. I, I find myself in a similar place. Uh, I Specifically, I am the general grievous of black t-shirts with white print. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, most of mine are black, just because black is easy. Yeah. Uh, I like it. But yeah, no, I just have, I call them nerd shirts because it's like pretty, any any nerddom potentially is, is you know, hmm. open to be worn by me. Yeah. And jeans. Oh, yeah, he says, oh, yeah, I have a, <laughs> I hoard jeans too. Shh, that's not, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and Converse, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I collect things, okay? I'm a collector. Leave me alone. <laughs> aren't all mini painters collectors yes that that the only one who isn't um 
Courtney, from figuratively speaking, apparently mm. does not have a large collection of plastic because most of her stuff that she does is like projects for friends and stuff like that. And she specifically does not want to have a bunch of minis in her house, but. Well, that lady is ahead of the game in many aspects. <laughs> she's she's kind of fantastic so i'm not surprised that she doesn't hoard yeah i love her yeah she's she's a better person than me in that regard me too so this is just a personal question that i have because i'm curious i've been trying to figure out who it is that's over your left shoulder on the wall there and i i'm not able to put it together you've got two guys from depeche mode Gotcha. Billy Idol and his guitarist, Steve Stevens, on the same. So basically two of my very favorite things that came from the 80s on the same poster. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Billy Idol's the love of my life, so. I am a Billy Idol fan. Okay, I... then we'll be friends. Yes, cool. absolutely. I will even defend songs from cyberpunk and the whole concept of cyberpunk. Yeah, that's not easy. I feel like he's ahead of time a little bit with that. Mm -hmm. Look at now how popular cyberpunk is. Oh, yep. and the other shoulder, by the way, is like Alien Queen. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because those really make sense together, I know. But. And Elfie is going to kill me if I don't acknowledge her pun in chat. So yes, ahead of us in many aspects. Yeah, well, yes, good one. All flat. <laughs> yes, but um bum I, I'm married to Elfie, so if I don't acknowledge the jokes that she makes, I hear about it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good joke. I love it. It was, yeah. It, it was very clever, so that's off, Elfie. So, you know, we, we've talked about kind of the, you know, how you got into painting and, uh, you know, what miniatures you typically like to paint. Um, when it comes to getting to the point of being comfortable sharing that work with strangers on the internet, what was it that made you kind of, you know, break into that side of things and, and think, you know, these are to the point where I want to kind of, you know, share them with the, the broader world. What, what brought you to kind of that conclusion? Honestly, it was just wanting to share something I've been up to, you know, um, I got on Instagram originally because my tattoo artist was sharing my stuff on there. I was like, oh, I should, I should check it out, you know, and then I don't know, I just started sharing random stuff and it was like, oh, I've been painting minis lately. Here's some of the crap I've done. And then eventually, like, most of my followers ended up being like miniature people and that's kind of so it sort of just took over the account because that and as I also became more and more obsessed with it, it was sort of just went together, you know, so mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I really have to, uh, like, give props to the, the community on Instagram as someone who's at kind of the, like, back edge of that community. Everyone is super nice, uh, at least in my experience. Everyone's, like, tight, knows each other, or at least follows each other, and... Everyone's super good about, you know, encouraging people in the work that they're doing and, uh, you know, just like shouting each other out when they see something that's particularly cool or when they're being supportive. And 
that's really one of the more positive experiences I've had on the internet is with the Instagram miniature painting community. Um, a hundred percent. Yes. It's the best community I've actually ever been a part of, I think. Um, and then completely unexpected, completely unexpected. And it's become a massive part of my life. Um, I've made some really close friendships and a few of them are in the chat right now. And, um, yeah, everybody's just really, you know, there's always going to be bad eggs, but overall, yeah, it's an incredibly supportive and encouraging community. Um, there's always somebody there who can help you with your personal life, your painting, just kind of all around. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a great community. And there's always people who are working on something that you think is awesome and inevitably end up trying to either replicate or steal. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we all inspire each other and um, find inspiration in each other. So, yeah. Yeah, like one of, one of the best interactions I've had, and I talk about him all the time because he's great and he's been on the show before. But when I uh, first started seeing uh, Epic Duck's work, Mike from Epic Duck, when he would post his comic style miniatures, at that time I was getting into Marvel Crisis Protocol and backing a couple Kickstarters that were related to comic books and miniatures were coming in. Uh, you know, it, it was really cool to see what he was doing, kind of learn the process of making those almost cel-shaded, 2D-ish drawing-looking miniatures and seeing if I could replicate that style. So, I mean, that's that's definitely one of the, the coolest aspects of the hobby is being able to see what people are doing and then, like, trying to learn how they did that process absolutely i mean and there's so many tutorials i mean beyond just like you trying to figure it out on your own if you were to ask him i'm sure he'd be happy like everybody's always happy to share um and then plus there's just a million tutorials out there so yeah it's cool yeah absolutely now when it comes to paint i find this can be a somewhat controversial area uh, there, there are a lot of people who swear up and down by certain paints and a lot of people who think certain paints are cheating. Uh, so when it comes to your paints, what what kind of tools do you like to have in your arsenal on hand uh, just for any kind of project you're working on? Well, my main bulk of paints are Vallejo uh, Game Color, just because I think, honestly, it was just because the person who got me into painting, that's what they had. And so it made mm -hmm. sense that when I went to buy my own set, I bought that. Um, I think I love them. I know they're not perfect, but I don't think any line is perfect. Um, yeah. but for like cost and variety and stuff, I think they're great. But then yes, I also use Citadel's contrast paints, which cheating. No, mm. just another tool. Like you said, um, I think they're amazing. I use them for all sorts of things and I'm constantly finding new uses for them. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, we, we as miniature painters can get precious about, you know, like, the amount of time we spend on one miniature making everything look right. And the people who are kind of naysayers about contrast paints, I don't think they realize it was intended for people who actually play Warhammer and don't necessarily paint. So it's just a tool for them to get something on the table fast. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I think there's, like, there's kind of three cat. It's like a Venn diagram, right? There's mm -hmm. people who paint just, just simply because they like to paint. There's people who play and they need to have painted minis, but then there's people who like to paint and play and need painted minis. So yeah, like if you just got to get your stuff painted and you don't want to pay someone else, contrast great for that. But now I use them more for like 
like glazing and shading and like all oh, i mean really they're they're there's it's totally worth playing with them like i would never strictly just paint a mini with them um they're hmm. more like one of the things i use on a mini so. well yeah and i found um again i i got them uh, i got them for christmas uh from a couple different people and the reason i got them was to kind of use them in different contexts whether it's to you know help me build a base or uh like yeah. you said glazing and shading and stuff like that they're very good for that but just by themselves i feel like the color ends up being very kind of watery and and translucent and it's not great for a final product i wouldn't feel comfortable putting something that i just use contrast paints on on instagram and being like look no, yeah, and it's again, no, it's not really cheating, right? It's just not the kind of painting you want to produce. So, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't like this idea that anything is cheating because, like, yeah. then there's like the airbrush, which is a whole other thing, you know, which I just bought and haven't gotten into yet at all. So, I never thought that I would need or want an airbrush, and then this holiday season, I decided to ask for an airbrush, and now I love that thing and use it all the time so uh well yeah. welcome to the cult thank you um i have barely tried it at all i think the learning curve is definitely is slowing me down but i know eventually i'll i'll tackle it and i have a big dragon coming i've never painted a dragon before and i that's coming and i i want to like do it with use my airbrush a lot on that so mm -hmm. And yeah, Turbidius in chat here is uh, just kind of explaining for anyone in chat here who is not uh, up on your miniature painting just kind of what contrast paints are good for. Over metallics, I should try that uh, next time I've got something uh, that I want to kind of tent. really should, actually. Uh, he's the one who gave me that idea originally, and I, I did a marine in that style, uh, and it's awesome. I love it. It's so cool. Like, just silver metallic and then whatever yeah. color on top is i mean i'm sure you could do it with gold too but yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty sweet yeah absolutely yeah. now uh getting back on the the topic of the airbrush one thing that i found uh that i really like the airbrush for the first thing is priming uh i found that especially with zenithal priming it's a lot better to use the airbrush and airbrush primer than it is to use rattle cans like I was using. Um, so that's yeah. that's one that's kind of where I learned how to use the airbrush was priming miniatures. All I've been doing, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then the other thing I found it very useful for is any kind of OSL. Mm hmm. That's funny. Those are like kind of the two reasons I got it. I kept having primer fails with like rattle can. And I thought mm. the last one, I was like, nope, because it was on a commission that I had this fail and it came out all lumpy. And I'm like, this mm -hmm. can't happen. Like, this is unacceptable. So yeah. that and then, yeah, OSL, I'm like, man, that would be so much like cleaner with an airbrush. So it's mm. not that you can't achieve it with a brush. It's just why if you can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first two times I did OSL, I did it with a brush, and it's a lot easier, and it turns out a lot better with an airbrush. If I put all four pictures of OSL that I've done on, I'm pretty sure someone could say, all right, you know, th those two were with airbrush, and they're a lot better than the other two, so...
I mean, I can't do it yet, but I'll, I'll get there. So, again, just kind of along the lines of tools of the trade, another thing that we in the miniature painting community can get uh, a little bit precious about is brushes. Do you have a preferred brush material or brand? What, what do you like to use when it comes to that stuff? I laugh because I'm one of those. I use totally like name, like nameless, just cheap gotcha. ass brushes. <laughs> However, <laughs> the funny thing is, is I finally today was about to buy Rosemary and Co. And I a set from them. And I the reason, the reason I didn't is because like the website wasn't working for me, but I, tonight I will do it. So interesting time for you to ask me i basically i listen to like a lot of my friends that are painters and that's kind of what they suggest like good quality not as expensive as some of them but and my main reason is because i just knew i wouldn't take care of them originally i am mm -hmm. about that but i think i personally has have leveled up enough as a painter and i'm tired of like rebuying the crappy ones um it's time it's time to get some better brushes mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the the best ones that I found, and they're they're easy to maintain with just the soap brush or the soap, uh, sorry, brush soap, one glass of whiskey, and I can't talk. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Artist Arsenal. They have a uh, they have a great uh, line of brushes. Uh, what is that website called? It's a Canadian website, but. Um, I actually found out from a, uh, Mike from Epic Duck. Uh, let's see. Game Envy. Game Envy Artist Arsenal five-piece sable brush set. Game Envy. Maybe after this, will you send me a link or put a link in the chat maybe even? Yep. I, I love will... They're all trying to sort out what OSL means. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like ogre shaving leprechauns. Uh, that that's hilarious, but uh, just so you guys know, okay, oversoaked lint balls. That's gross. Um, but you come on, Amy. Object source lighting is what OSL stands for. I should have, I should have said that because we do have people who listen to the show who don't paint miniatures. Uh, but yes, that's object source lighting, basically. Anytime you want something on your miniature to be glowing and casting light on the rest of the model, that is OSL for anyone who's unfamiliar. Yes, like if your character is carrying a torch, you would light them up like there's actually light on them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, this is very appropriate coming from mr filthy fracker osl ostrich's sexual language thank you filthy fracker <laughs> ostriches are so up in your face i don't want to interact with their sexual language it's yeah so yeah ostriches are aggressive that's an aggressive animal <laughs> <laughs> they're so weird <laughs> They are, like emus, they are birds that forgot they're not dinosaurs anymore. Mm hmm God, they're so weird. I mean, I love them, but they're so weird. Mm hmm I'm just going to stand in front of your car indefinitely, <laughs> and you're not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a leprechaun. I don't have an ogre, but if I did have an ogre that I could paint, I would definitely try to paint 
a uh, that leprechaun trying to shave the ogre. So you're shaving. I think this needs to happen now. Yes. <laughs> you should probably get yourself an ogre. There we go. That that could be the uh, the dark elf dare for. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dark Elf Dare for April is OSL. What do you think this acronym stands for? Paint it. Oh my god, that's kind of funny. <laughs> actually, that's a really good idea. <laughs> you lose one award. Oh god, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> but no, we already have April sorted. Maybe. Okay. maybe... <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's another thing that we should discuss. Uh, Kind of towards the end of last year, you started doing the Dark Elf Dare, um, which, again, for anyone unfamiliar, basically Aaron picks a topic for a month, and then you have a month to work on a miniature or a miniature diorama, a series of miniatures that fit together within certain parameters that uh, kind of fit within this topic. How did that idea kind of take form and come about? Well, originally, you know, I mean, there's other people that host uh, competitions on Instagram. So that idea was already there. Um, and then I kind of was a preach. I think I was approaching, I don't know, 3,000 followers or something. And I was trying to think of like, you know, people do giveaways. They do different things to sort of like give back to the community or thank it or whatever. Um, so I just kind of married these ideas. And thought, you know, I think I want to do a competition that's really based more on like community building and sort of inspiring people. Um and so that, I mean, that's kind of how it just started. Um, and then I, I, you know, I asked some of my friends in the community or people I just knew um, that would be good, good, good at it, I guess. And I asked them to be judges. So I have like a panel of judges and we all uh, come up with the ideas together. And yeah, really, like, honestly, the main point is to just inspire people to create something that they're proud of. Absolutely. They're still going at it in chat. My goodness. I, I'm sorry, I'm ignoring the chat. That's how these people are. Uh, Trebidius is one of my judges, and Amy, who does stuff, has won the competition before. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Mr. Filthy, I would try of Inseared Leeches. Um, but the occasionally serious llama. Yep. <laughs> the rest of the time, he's super sarcastic, telling jokes. Mm -hmm. There's. Would, would Cusco be an occasionally serious llama? That's my question. Who's that? Cusco from the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, okay, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> God, I forgot all about that. I have to bring that up. That's one of Elfie's favorite movies. I haven't seen Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, the, the Dark Elf Dare, um, I've entered twice. I've placed zero times because... When you enter a converse, a, a competition like this, uh, you know, so so often in miniature painting, um, you get so lost in your own work, your own kind of world, what happens at your bench. Uh, so when something is finished, you think in your mind, this is really good, hopefully. You think, this is really good, I'm happy with this. This is where, uh, you know, this is where I'm going to stop because it's, you know, this is the best it's going to be. And when it comes to these competitions, myself, I think this is great. It's going to be a contender. 
and I post it, and then I watch the hashtag, and I see all the other participants, and I'm just like, no, I got smoked. Okay. <laughs> Let me stop you right there and say, first of all, there are a lot of entrants, yeah. and only three winners, and now mm -hmm. I've increased it to four because of that reason. So you have your first, second, and third place, but now we do like the random drawing because I want people who don't think that they not that they aren't but there are definitely people who don't think they're good enough to win and i still want to have them feel motivated to make something so that's why i started the drawing so that everybody has a chance of winning something and the prizes honestly they're motivators to like mm -hmm. get you to go make something um but no like that's the thing there can only be three winners and often our our judging is really hard there'll be like five people in fourth place you know, like it's on, like you really, I hate to tell you that, yeah. but if you could have been up one point away from winning, like that's how close they always all are. So, you know, and we're not only judging on actual technique and skill and stuff, really a lot, a lot, we are much heavier on the creative side. So hmm. just know that too. Like, I mean, cause it, it's not, I mean, cause there's, I want people from all, you know, skill levels to feel like they can enter. And so it's really based on more creativity and effort rather hmm. than I like this is a golden demon it's supposed to be for fun you know yeah yeah absolutely i'm just saying that when like amy enters the competition i, I i'm looking at amy's instagram <laughs> right now yeah yeah, yeah i, I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh there, there was one i saw just this uh the past one that i entered duel for february uh there was one uh i believe it was the third place one with the manticore I saw it and I saw the whole setup and I was just like, oh, that's beautiful. And so it, it really just kind of like gives, if nothing else, even if I don't win or don't have a prayer of winning or whatever, seeing all the stuff that other people are doing out there and finding new people to follow, mm -hmm. uh, that that's worth it alone for me, honestly, just seeing all of this, uh, all this awesome stuff that people are uh releasing uh for Absolutely. these competitions yeah i love it i get so excited honestly it's like it brings me so much joy doing this competition and then hearing people you know tell me after the for, like afterwards it's the first time i tried that and they're so happy they did and like it just makes me really happy um so yeah i'm like finding other people and getting to showcase people that maybe only have 100 followers right now but they get to get showcased you know and get other people to see what what they're doing and i love doing that so. and now that i know that turbidius is open to bribes uh i will point out that i am an excellent cook <laughs> he is too though i think so. and he's in australia so that's an issue uh yeah that's gonna be a problem uh my banana bread stays moist though so uh it should arrive and still be delicious hello i accept <laughs> banana bread bribes too <laughs> all right yes I'll be sending out multiple banana bread products. Silver always an offering I will accept. That was something that that was another I guess talent thing that I honed just kind of throughout pandemic was discovering that I'm not actually that bad at cooking and baking yeah. to the point where I made banana bread so good that my mom started using my recipe. Wow, that's that's cool. That's when you know you've made it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's. Yes, it, it's chocolate chip banana bread. So if you're a, a fan of banana bread with nuts, I could do it with nuts, but chocolate chips are better. 
They are better. Wow. Yeah, you are making me hungry. It's legendary at your office. Aw. Lucky lady. Yeah, they, they don't know much about me at Elfie's workspace, except every now and then something will show up. Like biscuits or uh, cinnamon rolls, banana bread, something that I made that she has in her lunch. And they'll just be like, what is that? And she'll be like, oh, the husband made it. Aw, that's nice. And so I get to feel good about myself. And uh, Turbidius, I don't know if you're one of those people who doesn't like that word moist. I know there's a few Nobody people does. out there. <laughs> Nobody does. Moist, moisten is even worse. <laughs> yes. Yep. But, but it's yeah. the proper word here. What are you going to say? It's wet? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no... <laughs> My bread is quite wet. No. <laughs> I did have a friend who absolutely despised that word, couldn't say it, anything, but she was going to culinary school, and I, I point blank asked her one day, I was like, okay, so say you're in a pastry class, how are you going to describe what you've made to your professor? And she just goes, it's wet, now that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work at all. You don't want your food to be wet ever, no, right? No, no, not at all. No, just gotta get over it. Yep. She did finally say, "Okay, I can make an exception when it comes to my work." And I was like, "All right, good, good. There we go." Why? Oh yeah, that works. So, when it comes to kind of the the painting that you are uh, doing right now, I know you mentioned that dragon. Uh, you know, what other kind of projects are you looking at doing in kind of the immediate future? <laughs> that's a uh, that's an awful question for me because I literally <laughs> have about 40 whips at all times. Whip being work in progress for those who don't know. Uh, no joke, like 40. Um, oh, I can think of something. Yeah, so the dragon's not here yet. That's something I'm going to be working on uh, slowly on my Twitch um, streams. But then also Amy, who does stuff, her and I, yeah, she's saying it right now, Necromunda. So her and I are each going to paint um, a house of, from Necromunda um, during like some streams together and then auction them off uh, for charity like together. So somebody immediately like have a team, they can play the game. So hmm. that's our new thing. So we're kind of excited about, very excited about that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, now getting back over to the dragon side of things i have painted approximately one uh like big dragon uh so i will tell you you are in for an ordeal shall we say um you know i've been watching people for the last year on instagram with their dragons and i'm like super intimidated well first of all i've never really painted anything i mean honestly like maybe this big mm -hmm like the biggest um i'm very much you know 28 32 mil kind of painter um but yeah so but I, and i i realize it's going to be a process and i i want to slow down because i tend to pump out many pretty fast and i really want to take my time on something and like you know really work on it slowly so i think it'll be good for me yeah i mean it, in my experience and last time i did this was like three probably not three years ago but like two and a half years ago, uh, I painted this first dragon 
and um, I'm a lot better of a painter now than I was then. But the the thing that I noticed, it's very much a double-edged sword because the space you're painting is bigger. So the details stand out a little bit more. So they're easier to get with the brush. You're not like straining your eyes, trying to make sure that like, you know, something looks the way it should. Uh, but also because the details are bigger, they stand out more. So it's, yep. it's yeah, there's some I, trade-offs there. That's what I've been scared of. I, like I have this weird you know i feel like most artists doubt their talent right hmm. uh it's common but i yeah i have this constant thought in my head like it's going to expose what a crappy painter i actually am <laughs> like sure it looks good on a tiny scale because you don't actually see but like yeah that's definitely going through my mind but hmm. at the same time like so what it's just paint like everything you paint makes you a better painter you learn something um you know i think it'll be i think it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it hmm. Yeah, as long as you don't scroll past a certain point on your Instagram page, uh, then, yeah, that, that's a perfectly great mindset to have because, uh, you know, if, if you scroll past that certain point, you, you get to those miniatures you painted a while back. I know I, I do this all the time. I scroll down too far and I'm like, oh, I put that online. Why? <laughs> totally. But it's cool, though, because you get to see your progression. I think at the end of the day, we should only compare ourselves to ourselves. Um mm -hmm only compare your own painting to yourself. So those ones that look bad, like think of it that way is like, wow, look how far I've come from that crappy paint job. Like, you know what I mean? Don't knock it. Just be like, sweet, look how much I've progressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, I mean, that really speaks to what I think is kind of the, the best part of the miniature painting community and why it ends up being so so healthy and so friendly online because when it comes down to it um ultimately our competition is not each other our competition is is this this is what we're up against making making this go from a solid gray thing to i mean what this one is a a fully painted miniature and so even though, you know, someone out there is doing, like, Picassos compared to your finger painting, um, ultimately they had the same challenge. And mm -hmm. they took their own path to it. You can see, uh, you know, the, the techniques that they used and the way it came out. And it really just kind of makes for a great, a great bonding experience of how did you conquer that 28-millimeter piece of plastic or metal. Mm-hmm. It's really satisfying i find it very i think we all get the satisfaction of a finished mini hmm. absolutely yeah. and then we also get our fantastic inside jokes about eating paint and and all that stuff i'm definitely a brush licker i lick my brush even when i don't have paint down yet it's hmm. i the the first time i saw someone do it i was like that's disgusting i'm never gonna do it and then I noticed that even, you know, the, the cleanest you can keep your brushes, they're still going to come apart a little bit. And I was just like, do I? Do I do it? Do I? You do it. Did it. And then, yes. So I do more than that, though. I, like, actually... <laughs> I actually use my saliva a little bit as a thinner. It, it does that. It works. Like, if I have just a little bit of paint and I know it needs to get a little more moist, I, like, 
will lick the paint just to like keep the blending going. You know, I don't have time. Yeah. Like it's warm. I gotta blend now. So yeah. <laughs> uh huh. So every mini that I complete has lots of air and saliva on it. Yep. If uh, any of your commissions are scientifically inclined, someone might be able to clone you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I think about that every time. And then I always end up, like, taping my hair into the box when I send it. <laughs> <laughs> my hair and my saliva, like, there's, that's, there. Yeah, it's done. Mm -hmm. My DNA is everywhere all over the world. Yeah, people people can definitely clone you from your minis. Um, they can also, in certain cases, clone uh, my wife. Because when I want a bowstring, I will ask my wife for strands of hair. Because oh. that makes the best bowstring, in my opinion. You mean like mini bows? Yeah. Mini. Holy shnikes, I never thought about that. Wow. Yeah, I'm somebody who doesn't ever string my bow uh, on minis. And like that's really clever. I, I used to never string the bow uh or if it had like a plastic string on there i'd paint it but i noticed it just looked bad the well the plastic ones looked bad because they were out of proportion and um uh, you know not having one i eventually just was like i want a bowstring and so i was looking around online and someone in one of those tutorials said just ask your girlfriend for pieces of her hair or get hair from a brush. And I was like... And so I approached my wife in the creepiest way. And I was just like, hey, Elfie, do you have a brush that's got hair stuck in it? And she was like, yeah, why? I was like, can I have some of those hairs? And she's like, why do you need my hair? Better than asking for toenails, I guess. Yeah, and so I explained it, and she's just like, okay, here. And she just pulled some hair out of her head. And I was like, well, she could have just given me the old stuff, but... This is right here. Yeah. Okay, she says the ginger hair. Just color it. Yeah. Can't you just... Yeah, just paint it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I paint the, the one miniature I have, and I can see him right here, so I'll grab him. This is the miniature that has a bowstring on it, and I'll hold it up to the camera so you guys can kind of see it. Uh, I painted it off-white so it would look like a bowstring because uh, her hair is kind of reddish as well. So, yeah, just, you know, just paint it. I ruined your joke. I'm sorry, Amy, I'm a joke killer. Yes, I know, Elfie, your hair is not that color. I just mentioned I painted it. God, toenails make good miniature boomer. <laughs> You're really living up to your name there, Mr. Filthy Fracker. That's my best friend, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he's... It <laughs> <laughs> oh, is like the right side of my head. I'm like, yes, yes, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem. That's the problem with us, uh... uh model makers and miniature painters you know we see these objects and we're like i could use that I could I could... Use... <laughs> all garbage is potentially something you could use yeah mm -hmm. it's a problem i don't even want to talk about what's in all these bins over here <laughs> <laughs> i mean like for the first time i used uh real leaves on uh oh. one of my miniatures as, as part of the base flocking because i didn't have any good uh flocking for like autumn leaves yeah, somewhere around here I've got herbs. I mean, yeah, we all use, you know, 
herbs work really well. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to uh, the basing side of things, that is, um, I, I find that kind of the, the new frontier that I'm trying to, if not conquer, at least get like a lean-to set up on. Uh, I, I feel like this is an aspect of miniature painting that a lot of people don't think about, and then when they try to do it, it becomes a nightmare for them. How did you kind of first approach that, and, and what's what's your approach when it comes to making bases for uh, the miniatures that you paint? Um, Kind of a multi-part answer, so... I think if you're just play, if you're just planning on using it on the tabletop, I think a plain base is fine. So I initially started with plain black bases too, and I still sort of lean that way as far as like D and D goes, um, because you could be in any scenario. It's weird to have a grass base when you're in snow, whatever, or vice versa. Like you know, just so a plain base kind of fits in everywhere. But since I now paint more for just display, um, I definitely do basing. Um, and again, like, do you want to just have your little round base or do you want to actually create a bigger like display base for it, which I really enjoy doing. Um, and I use a lot of XPS foam for that. Um, insulation foam is great because I, I use it for crafting. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I think, I, honestly, I think it's pretty, it's a lot simpler than people think. You just need a few like key important ingredients, you know, like flocking, um, I have fish tank gravel makes great size rocks. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty glue. Like it's really, it doesn't take much to actually go kind of crazy and make something awesome. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, <clears throat> since you, you know, play RPGs and also do the miniature painting, I, I asked this next question because this is what happened to me. Do you find that when it comes to, you know, making terrain and painting miniatures, that it's now hard to go back to any kind of gameplay done pre-terrain or pre-miniatures? Uh, and, and have you ever kind of like played that theater of the mind way before all that stuff was introduced in your games? No, I luckily like the first D and D group I was in had they had minis and not so much terrain. I actually started making the terrain for them, but so I haven't had to do much theater of the mind except for in this last year playing um, online. Hmm. But even then, we um, you know either use a computer program that's running like a virtual tabletop or like the the game I play in weekly. The DM just points a camera at his table and actually has the setup. So I've been lucky enough to not have to do theater of the mind because honestly, I don't. While I respect that people want to play that way, I really need to. I like to have the visuals. I need it, especially for combat. Like, you just, I like it a lot. I want to see what I'm doing. Mm. So, I yeah, I wouldn't want to play without it. Yeah, I mean, I, I started playing Theater of the Mind because no one had miniatures, no one could make terrain, all that stuff. We were all broke college kids. But... As I have started to play with terrain and, you know, had miniatures that I painted, while there is something magical about kind of the image you can create in your mind of what's going on, there's also something really cool about your players coming into a room, seeing what's been set up on the board, and going, what the hell is that? 
And then, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Even with that, you're still using a bit of theater of the mind. I think it's a nice combo, you know, of imagination Mm -hmm. with what you're looking at. So, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I mean, just like going off of what you said there, you have a still image of what's going on. You have like a, a top-down overview of, of what things look like. But once you have, you know, the image of this is what my character looks like, that's what the enemy looks like, this is the terrain that we're in, your imagination then makes that come to life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. They're still going at it. Oh, my God. I don't- they're not even with this (laughs) oh and and mr filthy is still living up to his name (laughs) Uh oh goodness anyone who's not in this twitch chat watching this on youtube or or listening to this on audio um we're now down the path of uh teeth being turned into shields runny noses making good nurgles uh amy has brought up fungal toenails for nurgles and now they're plotting using a podiatrist to get miniature and terrain supplies i'm sorry i brought my (laughs) wall i apologize (laughs) i can't take them anywhere apparently all we're missing is one of my cats jumping up on the table back there and playing the cello at this point There's a reason why my door is closed. Keep those because <laughs> they do like to crash these things, don't they? Now, from one cat owner to another, I just have to ask: Have your cats ever tried to drink your paint water? No, but I saw earlier in the chat that yours does. Yes, one of my cats. Uh, she's a beautiful Norwegian forest cat. Her name is Nora, and she is obsessed with water. Um. She loves running water. Any source of running water is is magic to her. But she also likes still water that she's not supposed to drink. Cats are weird. So if, mean, you give, if you give her a bowl of water that's like, this is for you, she won't drink it. But if you have water in a glass that you're drinking out of, she wants that water. Oh, yeah, okay. So my younger cat Kira does drink out of my water too to the point where I actually now just have a permanent coffee mug for her Mm. because she thinks it's mine so she'll drink it but then she leaves my actual water alone so yeah I I hear you she also used to steal the minis which is why I close the door at night (laughs) but yeah my Nora before I got I've got this gravity fed uh, water dispenser now from Game Envy again uh, that Elfie got for me for Christmas. Before that, though, I had a mug for paint water. And I turned around, turned back around, and Nora's drinking the paint water, which was brownish black from the colors I'd been using. And I was just like, what? How does that even look appealing to you? That's not good. But then the other cat, Ronan, uh, big, big tan Maine Coon, he likes to pretend he's Godzilla and jump up on my my miniature display shelf and knock things over. Cats, it's their world, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Including the uh, the comp- the dual competition piece that I made. Uh, I I heard a thud 
This was after I posted it, thank God. But I heard a thud, and I look, and I see uh, the, the guy with the sword separated from the thing, and I, I was on a call with my coworkers, <laughs> and I was like, um, guys, I need to go discipline my cat real quick. We're all peaches, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. No. Yes, Mr. Filthy. Millions of peaches. Peaches for free. Yes. Yeah, and if you like this chat, you should come hang out in some of my streams. Both of you are invited. Absolutely. They're, they're always insane like this. Always. And I, I used... I get 18 and over because I'm concerned <laughs> about who comes into them. And so you, uh, the, Twitch streaming is kind of a, a new thing for you. Is that correct? Yeah. I was streaming on uh, Instagram for a while, and I just made the move in the last few weeks to, to Twitch. Gotcha. And you currently do, is it Wednesdays and Saturdays? Yeah, those are kind of my guaranteed days. And then <clears throat> I sort of throw in other ones in between or based on, like, who who's going to join me. Um, yeah. So it looks like I'll probably be doing like tutorials too every other week um, going forward. So I'm kind of excited about like having people on doing tutorials. Um, like, so they're going to be teaching me and whoever's in the chat if they want kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So that should be fun. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds like, sounds like a, a really good time. Now, Wednesdays is my D&D &D night, so... Joining on Wednesdays might not be uh, possible for me most weeks, but Saturdays, I can do that. Yeah, I actually, ironically, I most of the people I interact with are from the UK, so I usually stream <laughs> at like 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time so that hmm. they're still awake, because like right now, they're all asleep, right? So we're missing yep. out on that, but yeah, so you might still be able to. So it's like, what, three, two or three o'clock your guys' time that I usually stream, so. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to stream later, but like I said, they're all, you know, it's like 8, 7 or 8 p.m. for them when I'm streaming, so. Hmm. They're avocado. Now, what the hell's happening down there? They are saying that they're not peaches, and they're trying to figure out what a step above a peach would be. I would say avocados is a step above. Elfie would not agree with that. I love avocados. She doesn't, so. Cherries are the best fruit, so. Okay. Are you guys, they're Bing cherries. That's yep. right. That's what they call them. Yep. Bunch of cherries. Bunch of cherries up in here. Heart of stone. <laughs> the cherries have a heart of stone, too, so there you go. Yeah. They're the pits. Mm-hmm. You're a real pit, Amy. It's like I saw, Elfie showed me this meme one time. Someone said, I love avocados, but when I cut them open, I keep getting the same prize. I've gotten the wooden ball every single time. Can we get something new in there? That's pretty, that's pretty cute. <laughs> I used to hate them too, but I I, oh, I love them so much now. And and you're talking about the real cherries, or are you like one of the maraschino cherry people? Uh, no, real cherry. Maraschino. Gotcha. No, like a fresh Bing cherry, like right off the... I actually have a cherry tree. If the birds don't get to them first, I'm always happy. Once it's short season, I'm happy. Are those starting to blossom right now? Is that kind of like, is the weather permitting that where you are right oh, now? It's not quite yet here. It'll okay. be another couple of weeks, but yeah. 
Gotcha. Because our the the cherry trees that we have planted around here, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. We've got uh, some blossoms that are starting to come out now. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Um, just not those specific ones, but yeah, us hmm. too. I've been in Nashville. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you enjoy your time? Um, yes, no. I used to be a semi truck driver weirdly enough uh and so that was why i was there so it wasn't like i was there as okay. a, a tourist or visiting family it was work but yeah gotcha so you weren't on broadway going to all the different bars no unfortunately no yeah that that's the nashville experience so if you uh if you don't like that you won't like nashville if you don't like hearing a whole bunch of loud live music all at the same time you won't like nashville uh but if you do like that you it's it. your place. Yeah. yeah, no, I would go back. I just, like I said, it was for that reason. But from what I saw, I, I dug it. Unfortunately, Graceland was closed that day. Are you a big Elvis fan? No, but it's still like, I'm sorry, you don't go there without visiting it. You know, we were like right down the street, too, where we were like park camped out, I guess. Um, anyways, yeah, I'll have to go back sometime. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't even been to Memphis, so uh, like graceland haven't haven't been there yet i am a huge elvis fan so oh, wow yeah because i mean we went through both and that that was kind of my i was like i have to go anyways yeah you should probably go you're so close compared to me in oregon yeah yeah i mean I, i've only been in tennessee for like two years so haven't haven't really gotten the chance to explore the state but in my mind you've lived there your whole life and you haven't been there and i was like what <laughs> That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Yes, I, I've been to every tourist attraction in North Carolina, but not not in uh, Tennessee. I see. Apparently, the Brits like rotten cheese. I think most of these of Europe does because oh, the French and their stinky cheese. My gosh. Whew. <laughs> well, that's rough. Mm-hmm. And uh, apologies for our British uh, viewers and listeners right now, but whenever I hear Brits and cheese, I just think of Wallace. Oh, Wallace. <laughs> That's not a bad thing to think of. I love those shorts. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. Oh, make me hungry. Stop talking about food. It's dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. It's a miniature painting thing, and like little does everybody know, this entire chat is just about food at this point, you guys. It's gone from toenails to food. Yep. With like no bumps, just went right into it. And yes, Turbidius, Nashville is uh, just west of what would be considered kind of the East Coast, in my opinion. It's due west of North Carolina. North Carolina is a coastal state, so yeah, we're. We're kind of the furthest east end of the west, if you will. And selfish. Yep, and yes, we're, we're firmly in the south. Oh, God, you guys. Yeah, keep around with face. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> cool, so... Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for kind of, you know, agreeing to come on and, and doing the show. I know we've taken some weird turns. 
<laughs> and and had some some technical issues along the way, but it's been a it's been a great time talking to you and and getting to hear a little bit about uh, what you do and and you know some of the content that you're putting out. Well, I really appreciate you asking me um, on, and I had a good time. Absolutely. So what I like to do as we get to the end of the show is just kind of give you the opportunity to plug everything. I know you've got, you know, Twitch, Instagram, all that stuff. So uh, go for that. Go just. Uh... Yes. Instagram is where I spent most of my time. Uh, it's kind of my portfolio, if you will. So uh, dark.elf.girl. Um, and then Twitch is dark elf girl, but like dark underscore elf underscore girl. Um, and that, yeah, I'm rather new over there, but I think, um, I think I'm going to be here for a while. So definitely come check it out. If you, um, like to hobby with other people, on my shtick there. Um, and I think that's kind of about, oh yeah. And then the competition, honestly, like anybody who wants to join is welcome it's it's open to anybody um and you can just find any of that information on my uh, instagram page and it actually has its own instagram page also that you can find the link to where i showcase the entire competition so yeah that's about it <laughs> gotcha and just real quick because he brought up my hometown in chat here i just have to ask turbidius um are you in charlotte what's what's the connection there to charlotte that that kind of brought Nashville and Charlotte together in your mind. Yeah, he's from Australia. Or he lives in Australia. He's from okay. Wales, actually. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because that's just an odd pull, in my opinion. I am a, I'm from Charlotte. That's my hometown. Uh, so when I hear people talk about it, I'm just like, Charlotte? What? Yeah. But yes... You guys have been great in chat, so uh, anytime you want to come back and talk about toenails and, and what you think OSL stands for when I'm talking to whoever I'm talking to next, uh, come back on. And everyone talking to us. Oh, man. I didn't know what you Ah, you know Charlotte because of the Hornets. That's even more confusing. The Hornets suck. <laughs> the, yes. The, yeah, the the Charlotte Hornets are bad. <laughs> I think I knew that. Yeah. Yep. Now the Carolina Panthers, that's where it's at. Okay, yes. When you were a kid, if you're around my age or a little bit older, then yes, the Hornets were good then. Uh, but they they are not good anymore. Brandon is forty one. Were they good then? I don't know. I don't remember them ever being good. <laughs> they were okay, I guess, in in the eighties and early nineties. Okay, but we were we have the Blazers, so at that yeah. time period, we were good. So mm -hmm. why were we supporting other people back right. then? We were <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yes, yeah, they're okay. Anyway. The the Hornets' best is someone else's like mediocre year, so we'll we'll go for that. Sorry, Hornets. Sorry if you love them and you're listening. And if you love them and you're listening again, uh, shout out to a fellow Charlottean, I suppose, or a random Australian who likes the Hornets. Yes, Muggsy Bogues, short. Huge arm span. Kurt Rambis, also a Hornet. Yeah, we'll. 
Don't talk about Charlotte stuff if you don't want to hear me go off. Or you could also, if you want to hear me go off, talk about Charlotte stuff. <laughs> Any. Anyway. Just interview yourself about Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, guys, uh, coming up this week, um, closing down here for the benefit of the UK and Australia people who God knows why you stayed up this late to watch the dumpster fire of a show that I put on. Um, this week on Thursday, we are doing a painting stream, appropriately. I'll be uh, finally... With the technical stuff all figured out, painting Gutterbird from season two of Knights and Nerds. Nice. So, uh, if you want to see that, if you like Knights and Nerds, you just want to see me paint, and uh, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, prayers and and human sacrifices to the uh, the gods of technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> hopefully, that'll all go according to plan, and we'll be able to pull that off uh, Thursday. The same time, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, and guys, you don't have to be better next time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Good, because they won't be. Absolutely not. So next week uh, for Rolling Bones, uh, I am going to be planning a one-shot to take to conventions once that happens again. So that's what we'll be doing next week. Uh, until then, though... Hope you guys, you know, will follow everyone on Instagram and continue just kind of checking up and, and seeing what we're doing here. I'm sure you'll love everything else that we're doing. And if not, you can always talk about toenails. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so until next time, whether you rolled a one or a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I'll see you next time.